0: hi i'm bill finn this is the second part of a two-part interview now that the first half of the interview is over let me be your sherpa as we leave the comfort of base camp and push for the summit it's time to get your cramp on yeah it's season three of the bait and switch podcast
1: Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host Chris Beyer, as always. Hello. Today we have a longtime broadcaster, also Wauwatosa East graduate, longtime Wisconsinite, and now Minnesotan. Jeff Grayson <laughs> is with us today. So thanks for coming in, Jeff. We really appreciate you having you here and uh, and it's good to see you.
0: Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Chris. Yes, this is fun for me. Thanks for having me on. You guys must be really hard up for a guest. So I'm glad that my <laughs> requests constantly, you've gotten my mail to be on and paid off.
1: Finally filtered down to you, you know. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, Jim and I are kind of new to this broadcasting thing. But the first thing I knew about you when I met you back when we were 12 or so is that you always wanted to get into broadcasting. So when did this happen? When did you realize that this was going to be your profession? I was
0: one of those people, for better or worse, who knew what they wanted to do as early as I can remember. I had no plan B. I wasn't interested in a plan B. My mom told me that one of my first words was conkite. I was trying to say (laughs) cronkite. And then got I started watching you know game shows and uh, my my dad had a job he was an advertising executive and through his job we got to meet a lot of the athletes and coaches with the Bucks the Brewers uh, the Packers a little bit and that got me exposed to the sports part but I wanted to be either Johnny Carson or uh if you guys remember hank stoddard who was the main sports anchor at wtmj channel 4 in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s and maybe in the 90s i just thought if i could be either hank stoddard or johnny carson uh that's what i wanted to do i just loved how you could watch that and almost as an escape people would tell you what was going on so i just loved doing it it was one of the things i had confidence about i didn't have that much confidence Mr. Beyer will be able to tell you that. But for some reason, when it came to TV and wanting to be an announcer, it's just I knew that's what I wanted to do.
2: You always did the announcements in school. Oh, really?
0: I did. (laughs) I did. I did the announcements. There were a few times. There was one time you're supposed to have the xylophone, like ding, ding, (laughs) ding. ding. And I decided, oh, how much fun would it be at Longfellow Junior High if I would just (laughs) quietly turn it on and not do that my friends told me that I scared the heck out of the whole <laughs> school. I just said, hey, here here's time for your <laughs> announcements. And so, yes, I did the <laughs> announcements, you know, wrote for the school papers at Longfellow and Tosa East, hosted variety shows, things like that. I, I, I loved to do it. I loved it.
1: Yeah,
0: nice. After high school, where'd you go from there? Well, it's funny because I was working at McDonald's at 67th and North, an area that dear to all of us, right? Oh, yes. and, uh, I was working there while I was going to college, and I I thought when I was in high school, you know, I'm just going to go to UWM, kind of humor that school for a little bit, take a few courses, and then I can be on TV. I just really didn't fully appreciate what I had to do. (laughs) How hard can it be, really? (laughs) Exactly. I can do this. (laughs) Come on. So about halfway through college, my dad said to me, you know, at some point you're going to have to get your foot in the door, either as an intern or something at a TV station. You're going to have to learn the business as you get into your major. And my dad told me, he said, look, I can get you in the door. But after that, it's up to you. Because my dad, luckily for me, knew the people in charge of the TV stations. And oh, so nice. I think back now, I was so lucky. <laughs> I, uh, I called the first TV station I called was channel six because they had the Jerry Lewis telethon and they would have McDonald's employees, the owner operator of our McDonald's, would bring employees over to uh, work the the telephones and they'd show us taking the pledges. Oh, sure. Of course, I would ham it up while I was doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I called them first and I got this meeting with the general manager and it's funny, you don't know what you don't know. I got to meet with the general manager, his name was uh, Mr. Andy Potus and he knew my dad. And he said, tell me why you're here. And I explained, you know, I want to go into television. I want to be a sportscaster and um, I'll do anything here. I'll, I'll sweep the floors. I'll get coffee for people, whatever you want. And he thought it over and he said, here's the deal. 20 hours a week, $4 an hour. If you want to work more than that, you're not going to get paid for it, but you can come in here as much as you want. You report to Tom Pippins and the uh, sports producer. You do whatever they tell you. They tell you they want coffee, you do it. They tell you you want food, you go get it. I said, sure. Yeah. So I, I got so lucky because it wasn't an internship, it was actually a part-time job. So I could be there, I guess, as long as they'd have me. And so yeah. I knew nothing about how to put a sports cast together, writing scripts, timing a show, you name it. I got to come in there, and my, my first thing I got to do was log uh, games sports producer went to college with my brother he gave me a clipboard he said here's what we look for when we look at highlights and so he taught me how to look at a game in a different way and it was really i started out as an errand boy and i kind of worked my way up to producer over three and a half years but that's how i got in the door i i owed all the people at channel six and of course my late father had that connection so at least the general manager would listen to me and so that's that's how i got started behind the scenes while i was in college i worked there by three and a half years at Channel 6.
1: Okay, wow, well, Tom Pip
0: is a good guy to follow around. He was great, Pip was great, because he taught me a lot, just his example about just how he, he dealt with people in the building, from behind the scenes people, to people he would do interviews with, and um, I had a lot of mentors there. Uh, there was a sportscaster named Derek Gunn, a uh, guy named Andy Lascano, Mark Kincannon, and they all went to bat for me as I tried to get my first on-air job, and Pip told me, one time hey there's a job in green bay we'll we'll give you a great reference if you want to go for it and that was how I got my first on air job at WBAY in in Green Bay because of that experience I had with the TV folks in Milwaukee and the news people were great to me also so I was sure. I was just incredibly lucky that people would take me under their wing like that
2: actually oh, we're, we're, we're kind of close to getting Pippins on our show I've got yeah Yeah. Oh, he's he's my
0: guy. I mean, Pip, I revere Pip. Um, I'll get serious with you for a second. Um, I had worked there for about seven months, maybe six months. You know, I worked with Pip at night. You know, I would log the games and I learned how to edit his highlights for him. And he was he was so wonderful. He's wonderful to everyone. He's a really warm person. But um, I lost my father um, unexpectedly after I had only worked with Pip for about seven months. Well, it turned out Pip had also lost his father. So mm-hmm. at the the uh, service it was in t- done in Tosa, he shows up and here and he's a pretty big celebrity and everyone looked and he came over and he comforted my entire family. They had never met him and he mm-hmm. told me, you take as long as you want to talk to me about anything. You know, he'd been through this too. And when I think of Pip, I mean, that's how he really made a difference to me and how he's, kind of revered in our family because of that. And then, of course, then to top it off professionally, he helped me get my first on-air job. But that, that's, to me, when I think of Pip, I think of that, how he was uh, just such a warm person and so good. And he, he's really special to me for reasons beyond TV. Sorry to get off on a tangent there. No, no that's nice.
2: great. On a national scale, he was one of the first broadcasters yeah. for ESPN. Absolutely.
0: He went from ESPN to uh, – actually went from ESPN to WTMJ, to Channel 4 and then he uh he moved over to Channel Six, where he's you know most uh most people know him from, but yeah, he was one of the first anchors he worked with chris berman all those all those early guys. I remember watching him on e s p n he was he used to tell us stories of what it was like there at the beginning. yeah, if you have him on, hopefully he'll smile when you mention my name
2: <laughs> uh, so let's go on to Green Bay. what happened up in green Bay
0: well uh I was able to start there as the the three on-air people. I was the number three person. I was a sports reporter, anchor, and then also you do your own video. I was a photographer, and I had never really shot beyond just a little bit. I remember Mark and Cannon and Pip, but I remember Mark coached me on the interview, and he said, I I know you haven't shot, but when they ask you, can you shoot, just say no, but I can learn. And that's exactly what I said. And it was the summer of 1990. I started there uh, covering the Packers at WBAY, Best Call Letters in Green Bay, Northeast great. Wisconsin's news leader. And I worked there for three and a half years. I got to cover the Packers when they were pretty rough in the Mikowski Infante days. And then in came Mike Holmgren and Ron Wolf and Reggie and Brett Favre. So I was there when that change nice. happened. Wow. And, you know, if things had turned out a little differently, I might, who knows? I might have stayed there, but I had great people working above me. So I thought, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to advance because these people were so good, including mm. Bill Jarts, who's now a news anchor there. He's the PA uh, announcer at oh, Lambo. Okay. He's the voice no of Lambo
1: Field. Oh, wow, he does the news <laughs> tough, during the tough week. Tough to compete with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, I learned. Now I'm doing it on the air. You know, before I was helping provide the content for the sports anchors in Milwaukee, and I got a chance to do the shows on tape, so I would have a, an audition tape. Well, now I'm in Green Bay and every day I'm doing a feature, I'm shooting, you know, I'm, I'm on the air. There's nowhere to hide now. And so oh, yeah. great, great experience. And the, the thing about working in Green Bay was our news director had a rule. You had to have a local feature at six and a local feature at 10 every night. One of them could be about the Packers if the Packers were in camp, but the other one had to be a participatory sport, a community, maybe it's a high school athlete but it forced you to open up to a whole new world. Like we we did the Mike Holmgren hiring, which, you know, the whole world's watching on a Saturday. Mike got hired on a Saturday. Well, the next day, everybody's gone. I did a story on Arctic baseball, how they were playing baseball in the snow. So I I loved it. Of course, covering the Packers. I got to know Favre a little bit when he started. I was there when no one knew Brett Favre was. Okay, so he's the backup quarterback to, to Magic to Makowski, season's underway, a few games. NFL was in a, a, a war with players about free agency. There was no true free agency at that time. Uh, mm. Ruling came down from the courts that there was going to be free agency starting in early 1993, which is, of course, how the Packers got Reggie. So the ruling comes down, and my sports director at the time, uh, Tim Hunt, said, we've got to get Mikowski to talk about this. He said, well, Magic's having a party with the players at his house. Go over there. And I said, well, I don't want to go to a party. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. Excuse That's... me, <laughs> I, Mr. Mikowski. <I'm> right... <laughs> My boss said, you got to try. I said, okay. So we go over there. I ring the bell, loud music, tons of players. Packer comes to the door. I'm not going to say who. And he says, who, what do you want? I want to see if I can get uh, Magic for a second on camera to talk about this pending free agency because he would be a free agent, I believe. That was oh, our thinking. Okay. So they yell for him. He shouts down. He comes down. He says, what are you doing here? And I explain. <laughs> right. And he, he gives me a few choice words that we won't say here. And he basically requests kindly that I leave the property immediately. And I said, okay, I've done my job. I asked. Yeah. So I tell my boss on the old two-way radio, no dice. No he days. doesn't want to yeah. talk. Yeah. He goes, nope, he'll do it. Go back again. <laughs> <laughs> we go back I'm with my producer we go back I'm like oh gosh I hope this ends okay ring the doorbell another player comes down what do you want I say the same story again he's brushing his teeth he comes down with his teeth. Teeth. <laughs> now he's really mad so he gives me some very choice words and I say okay okay so I go back to the car And I radio, and my boss says, what did he say? Uh, He said he doesn't want to do it. And he said, well, we've got to have something. So he said, why don't you go see Favre? And I said, well, Favre, I mean, he's not going to be a free agent. He says, yeah, but if Mikowski leaves, Favre could be the starter. And I said, okay, because it's Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we cover the Packers. We knew where the players lived. I go to this, you know, very generic apartment complex. We go to the door, ring the bell, doors open. Who is it? I said, he goes, yeah, hey, come on up, buddy. And he had an apartment with a loft. So you went up about 15 steps. You went up about 15 stairs to the top, of the, and there's the apartment. And here is Brett Lorenzo Favre, blue jean cutoffs, T-shirt, baseball hat backwards, in a recliner, and he's got a cold beverage. And he's yeah. like, hey, buddy, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and we, expl- we explained the whole thing to him. Yeah. We explained the whole thing to him. He says, well, why do you want to talk to me? And yeah, I said, right. well, the thinking is, if Magic gets hurt, you know, and, and he says, well, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm just a backup. And and he said, why don't you go ask Magic? And I said, well, <laughs> he, he didn't really want me to do that, and I told him what he said. And he said, he told you that? And he said, you go back there and you tell Magic that Brett Favre said, and I said, well, I can't really do that. So. <laughs> go back there. We never got a story about free agency on the air. Well, <laughs> well guess what? Three days later, oh, no. Packers played the Bengals. And right. guess what happened that day?
2: Mikowski got hurt. Mikowski got, got hurt.
0: Favre yeah. came in, saves the day. We get done. We go into the locker room. Instead of no cameras being around Brett, you know, there's like the whole state of Wisconsin yeah, and the right. NFL is around Brett. And he kind of winks at me. And he says, you see what happens when people treat you that way? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. And and, uh, our uh, other sportscaster I was with at the time, we looked at each other. and We thought, there's never going to be a time now where we're just going to be able to walk over to Brett Favre's apartment again. When I think of when Brett got started, when his the ascent of brett Favre. it wasn't on that sunday it actually started on that thursday when i was trying to get don mikowski to talk to me in an interview
2: tell us how you got from green bay to doing the fox sports gig
0: okay well i went uh, late 93 i started at K- I went from green bay to kmsp in minneapolis i was on i did i was a sports reporter and anchor on the news at uh channel nine i did that for for 12 years and then um there was uh, I, I worked for the local teams in Minnesota. I did some work for the Vikings, the Timberwolves, and the Minnesota Wild, the NHL, and a little bit of Twins work for about a year and a half or two years. And what happened was in 2007, uh, apparently the word got out that because the uh, Fox Sports North slash Fox Sports Wisconsin, same entity, they were doing the pregame and postgame shows for the Bucks and Brewers road games from Minneapolis. I had no idea. And so the boss apparently said, we need a Twin City sportscaster who grew up in Milwaukee and loves the Bucks and the Brewers. How are we going to find somebody like that? And a friend of mine was a sales manager there and said, I got a guy. And so I got this call out of the blue and said, how would you like to host the pregame and postgame for Bucks Live and Brewers Live for their road games, and I thought, well, does that mean you know moving back to where I'm from? They said, no, actually, you stay in the Twin Cities. We do it from here, and so that's how I got it. They wanted somebody who you know grew up in Wisconsin. Sure. Milwaukee would be the most preferable, although I think anywhere where the Bucks and the Brewers were, and so that's how I, I got into that. And I did, I did the, the Brewers for eleven seasons, and I did the Bucks for ten, and I absolutely loved it. Was completely different than doing the wow. news.
1: I I did not know. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm sure nobody knows that you were in yeah. Minnesota doing this. Yeah. I thought you were. I
1: thought you were hanging out with Schroeder and the BA. You know, yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, I think a lot. I mean, that's why they wanted it to, to seem. I was mean, I wasn't sure. going to lie. But it's certainly, they didn't want me to advertise it. But I, oh, yeah. I, we always said from the Fox Sports Wisconsin studios, which, you know, his word got out and the internet and people figured out he's not, is he even in Milwaukee? But a lot of people thought I was. Um, I'd sure. be honest, Jerry Augustine was yep. one of my partners for the Brewers along with the, a dear friend to all of us, the late Davey Nelson, who's oh, one yeah. of the greatest people I've ever met. And then Tony Smith, a fellow Red Raider, we oh, yeah. did the box mm-hmm. together, which was a real kick because we both went to Tosi's. And then once in a while, they would bring me down for home games. If uh, Craig Kashan, my counterpart, who does okay. kind of the, the face of Fox Sports Wisconsin, when Craig would either fill in on play-by-play or do a different assignment, or he'd be on vacation, they would bring me in to do a handful of games at Miller Park and at the Bradley Center. Um, and so, um, but most of the time, yeah, I was here. A lot of people were surprised that I wasn't actually in Milwaukee, but that's how the setup was until 2018. Then the Bucks ownership said, we want the on-air people here. And so, oh, okay. unfortunately for me, that meant uh, Jack Lord says, Aloha Dan Owen. That was, that was, but that's, but for all those years, I was really fortunate to be able to do it. Yeah,
2: so, 10 years doing probably a dream job for probably fifty percent of males. If they could say, you know, when, <laughs> yeah. you, when you're right. ten years old, you yeah. say you could right. be a sportscaster for your home team. Yeah. A lot of guys would sign up for that. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: lucky. I really was. I, I always reminded myself of that and I think about the friendships I've made and I'm I'm friends with uh people in front of the that you, you see in front of the camera and the behind the scenes people. So it was It was an absolute kick. It was a thrill. It was. We all grew up with the Bucks and and the Brewers, and oh, it was great. I'm so lucky that I was able to do it. I'd love to do it again, but you're absolutely right. To be able to have done it for more than a decade, how could I ever complain about that?
2: I don't think this sounds like a problem that you had, but let me ask it anyway. There's that cliche of the jock and then the guy that's not the jock that's doing the broadcasting. (laughs) Did anybody ever pull the, you you didn't play the game bit on you?
0: I I always treated the athletes, I mean, just a great deal of respect for what they were able to do. And I remember I got a new boss when I was on the news and the boss said to me, you need to create a little bit of controversy. You need to get the viewers thinking with some controversy and you need to start calling out the quarterback of a team more often. I, this, I've already this was history in Minnesota. Yeah. This <laughs> was in Minnesota. And I and I said, Well, I'm not here to do that. If they have a bad game, I can't make it up and say they had a good game. I'm just here to report what they did. Yeah. I'm not out there in front of sixty five thousand people trying to play quarterback and I've got Reggie White coming at me or you know, I've got John Randall of the Vikings coming at me. That just wasn't me. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that if they lose, you pretend, hey, they won today. No, but I never had that kind of issue with people saying, hey, what did you ever do? Because I never carried myself in any way like I knew what they were going through, you know? I wasn't going to like bow to them as a a starstruck fan, even though there were times I probably was. But I was always going to give them the credit that I felt, The uh, the respect, I should say, that I felt they deserved because they were the ones literally and figuratively in the arena. They're doing it. I remember uh, Bill Schroeder from the Brewers said one time, he said it on the air, I thought it was great, that if anyone ever gave him a hard time, because Rock played for close to a decade in the majors with the Brewers Mm -hmm. and the Angels. Did he have a Hall of Fame career as a player? No, but he had a lot of good moments, and he said Mm -hmm. to somebody when someone was razzing him, you know what, all my outs were major league outs. <laughs> he, was, and right. he and he actually had a lot of good moments in the in the yeah, major leagues yeah. with mm-hmm. the Brewers and the Angels. He's actually really, he's a he's a really good catcher, and he had some he had some really good years.
2: You mentioned in the previous podcast that when you met uh, Chuck Foreman, that you were a little in awe, and then had yeah. you met Prince, you would have been in awe. Yeah. Which which person did you meet that you weren't able to put that aside, and you you weren't able to be as professional <laughs> as you would have liked?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. Well, first. Uh, non-sports, I got a chance to meet Casey Kasem and also I got to meet Jerry Mathers and Ken Osmond, who are the Beaver, and Eddie Haskell. I was a little bit awestruck for all of them. I interviewed Michael Jordan one-on-one when I was at Channel 6, still at UWM behind the scenes, if you can believe it or not. Just one-on-one before he quite became... He was on his way. He had the Air Jordans and everything. He wouldn't know me from a hole in the wall, but I got to interview him. CBS asked Channel 6, could you get us a few... Uh, an interview with Michael Jordan and then send it to us for Sunday's nationally televised halftime show. So I did that. But the person who's always the most fascinating person to me, who I could have in- sat in front of for months at a time, was uh, Jim Brown, the Hall of Fame football oh, player. Wow. Hmm. Because he was here in Minneapolis for a golf tournament once. They had like a celebrities golf tournament. And I still can't believe this, but he came in. And they had an interview opportunity with Jim Brown. And no one was really taking him up on it. I mean, this is arguably the greatest player of all time. And he had started this program called AmeriCan, the word American with the I capitalized, Mm -hmm. where he was working with L.A. gang members who had gone to prison. And he was trying to get them, after they got out of prison, to improve their lives. Something that never goes out of style in terms of a message and what he was trying to do. And sure. so instead of talking to him about golf, I asked him about his program. He was compelling and fascinating. And the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm thinking, I'm talking to Jim Brown.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: just, he has got a presence about him. We do the interview. He goes off. We have lunch. We're in this media dining room. They go through a buffet. And he looks straight back at me from about 25 yards, probably, away. And he kind of nudges his head a little bit. And I say to my photographers, I'm sounding like a ventriloquist smiling, I'm saying Jim Brown is walking right at me. And Jim Brown, <laughs> Jim Brown comes to the back and he comes right up to me and everybody stops. Yeah. And he said, Excuse me. I said, uh yes. He goes, Can I sit with you? I said, uh, sure. Everybody <laughs> spreads out. Yeah, right. He's right. like, he appreciated that we asked him about that program. And That's he said awesome. he said, All right, no cameras rolling, right? And we said, No, no. He goes, Ask me anything you want. And so we had On top of doing that interview, we got to kind of spend another hour with him just talking about Hollywood, old football, anything. What he talked about was social issues that are relevant today. When he talks, you are fixated. Whether you agree with what he says or disagree with what he says, just a compelling, fascinating figure.
2: Well, you're, you're kind of our Jim Brown here, Jeff. <laughs> right. Right. I'm Trade I'm Speech. Uh, you, you need help if that's the case. <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. Hey, let me ask you one last kind of broadcasting question. How tough is it to have somebody talking in your ear all the time?
0: Well, I discovered how challenging it was because uh, when I was in grade school, I, I learned that I was born deaf in my right ear. And so huh. you can't really pick a worse profession (laughs) to have one good ear or thank goodness I have one good ear because you have this earpiece like the secret service does called an IFB and they make, they mold it. In fact, the company that does them for the whole world is in Waukesha. And so you put this earpiece in and you plug that earpiece into typically a little, little more or less a radio. So the producer can talk to you in your ear. And so you'll be talking and then all of a sudden they'll say rap or uh, Augie's not ready while you're talking. And so you have to get used to it, but oh man, funny one time, I'm not sure what the reason was. I think we were promoting the world cup. We were doing an interview with somebody in England. Okay. And there they are. And they hear me just like I hear you. We're talking no problem at the exact same time. I'm talking with someone on the other side of the Atlantic, the news anchor, who's sitting two inches next to me is trying to get my attention and I can't hear her because of my deaf wrong ear. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So she's tapping me. Yeah. So I can hear somebody in my earpiece on the other side of the pond, but yeah. I can't hear anybody in front of me. So I became kind of an amateur lip reader at times too. You hope to
2: get back on broadcasting here before too long,
0: right? I still would like to do do some more. I still have it in my blood and I, I love it. And I'd still like to see if there's an opportunity to do something. I work in uh, PR and communications and have for a long time, and, and, and I enjoy that. But, yeah, TV is my, my passion. My, it's what I've always done going back to even high school. And so if I could find a way to do it some more, I'd love to. But if I can't, I, I got to smile and think of what I was able to do and the friendships I was able to make. And I get to be on with you guys, too. Yeah, there you go. Probably the pinnacle, right? I would say the apex. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's all well, downhill.
1: But,
2: like I said, when we started this podcast two and a half years ago, you know, I came up with two or three names, and you were one of the first. That's, that's true. And, yep. uh, like I said, I was always waiting for the time you were visiting to do it, but now that we're doing all these Zoom podcasts, I thought, you know what? Now's a good time to get it done. I'm very flattered that you guys thought of me, and you
0: guys – are humble and probably won't but you should get a tip of the cap because what you guys are doing is not easy to do. You have the initiative and the talent and are doing it and I give you guys a lot of credit. I mean, it couldn't have been an easy thing to start but you're you're getting guests. You're doing something that's entertaining and fun. And you get a chance to be more in depth than just a three minute sports cast. That was one thing I loved about doing the Bucks and the Brewers, it was a half hour show as opposed oh, yeah. to a typical TV sports cast about three minutes. So you guys are doing great. I have a lot of affinity for what you're doing because we're all from the same place, but also a respect for what you're doing because it's not easy to start something from scratch. So I hope you
2: guys are proud of it. You know what? Oh, Actually, you. we got Appreciate a little bit you. more time. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> no.
0: If you want, I'll keep praising you and then slip in a little bit. I wish I had something I could promote on my own, but I'm going to promote you guys.
2: Hey, pass the word around up there in Minnesota about our podcast. I will. Is, we've got the C. Palak interview. That's a good one. You can yep. pass that it around. It's a yep. good
0: one. Scott Polish, we talked about him. Yep. 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 From the, the Brewers. Yep. 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 I'll, I'll uh, spread the word to my uh, media friends in our hometown. If you need or want some interview guests, I will be more than happy to uh, spread the word to so you can uh, have plenty of interviews with uh, with media folks. I'll come through for you big time, and you know, for the appropriate fee, of course.
1: Okay. Oh, well, of course, yeah. I mean, given right, that's a given.
0: Ballastieri's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pizza, that'll do. That. <laughs> and a Cops Burger, right? Yeah, there you go, or something <laughs> from from Gillies. No, I'll be happy to uh, spread the word on what you guys do, and if you if you want guests, I'll do whatever you like. All right. Well, hey, thanks. Hey, we That's appreciate that more than, that we, more than yeah. we expected.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was a loser. Just yeah. Get him out of here. He's got. He offers us nothing. Let's <laughs> hey, talk about Michael Jordan. Give him yeah. a call. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right. but what about Magic? Do you still keep in touch? <laughs> right. <there>? Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I got to see. I got to see Brett
0: Favre. By the way, uh, about a year ago, at, during the Super Bowl weeks. he came to the Ronald McDonald House in Minneapolis, and I do some work with them through working uh, with McDonald's owner operators and uh, Brett when he does do things for charitable organizations he really gets into it he's not just there for a photo op and I got to talk to Brett for a second and we got a picture taken together and I told him the story if you you remember that story with the party and you told me to go back to magic's and uh, then he got hurt and everything and he just shook his head he said you know I'm I'm sorry I don't remember that but he said it sounds like me but
1: there's a (laughs) lot of things he. A lot of things he doesn't remember, I guess.
0: I mean, he's, yeah. I
2: certainly have he certainly yeah. had memories. Right? Yeah, you didn't mention CTE to him at that point. I don't. No, know. no, no. He
0: he was he was great when I mentioned some names to him. I mean, we're talking, you know, almost thirty years ago. So oh, yeah, yeah. I don't ex- I don't expect Lots him to remember happened. that. But one thing before we go, you know, you look at the, the it's like to me. I always love looking at the personalities and how fascinating the personalities of the Packers to Hall of Fame. And Rogers going to be in the Hall of Fame how different they are far for yep. better and sometimes worse open book. You pretty much know everything about Brett Favre's life, the stuff you like, the stuff you don't like from things he and his wife overcame from their problems to Indiana mean, uh, with uh, cancer and how the Favre's went, raised money for cancer. Everything about Brett Favre's life has been out there. Whereas it has always fascinated me how different Rogers is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying good or bad, but right. um yeah, maybe when you get bread on if you get bread on, uh, that would that would be what we call a get. That would be yeah. a heck of a get <laughs> for the boys from bait and switch.
2: Well, Jeff, I don't want to keep you too much longer. You're nope. in a different time zone. It's like five <laughs> hours ahead and behind you. Right. Yeah. It is Is it the of time of year where there's no daylight or it's all sun or which is yeah, it?
0: Yeah, what is it there? Yeah. You, you notice it but you notice it more. You notice it more up here in the north, even though we're not that far north of you. That stays light pretty late here. It's not Canada, but it, I was out in Calgary once at night. I said, "What is it?" Seven o'clock. It was eleven at night. I mean, the sun doesn't no go kidding. down here till wow. you know in June here till it's not dark till past nine thirty. Kids can't yeah, wow. sleep. It's wonderful okay. as a parent. Oh you know? yeah,
1: yeah, right, right. When, when do the northern lights come on? Is, uh, is that a thing too? That... Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. The northern lights are <laughs> northern lights are a big thing. Seeing the stars and the actual yeah. weather guys will actually promote. Yeah, northern lights are out. Here's where to see them. And yeah, things that I never thought
2: about growing up in the wild. No,
1: right. I was joking about that. I thought it was Alaska, but Minnesota's got that. Oh, yeah. They got
2: the Northern
0: Lights.
2: (laughs) They got Northern everything here. We won't keep you longer. Thanks again for stopping by. And and thanks again, Jeff. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks,
0: guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks for putting up with me.
2: Okay, have a nice day.
1: You too. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast when we talk with Fox 6 Sports Director... Tim Van Voren